You're listening to the Laugh Factory Podcast Network. For more shows, visit the podcast page at laughfactory.com. Hey guys. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to the After Laugh. What do you think about that intro, Tommy? Do you like hey guys, welcome to the After Laugh? Is that is that are we cool with that? I mean, I don't see any problem with it. We've definitely I don't know why hey guys is so <laughs> I think it's just stale now. You're bored with it. What would yeah. you change it to? Welcome to Elefthalefo. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, definitely um, let's do that every single time. That was like automatically mildly racist, which brings me Why to the... Su- I said El Afterlafo. Welcome to El <laughs> So, which brings me to something I want to talk about. Uh, first of all, we have a great guest. We have uh, Craig Conant, who is... Uh, He's he's kind of a newer fixture on the scene. He's a delight. He is. You know what? That's that's a really good adjective, or is that a noun? But he's delightful. He he's just one of these guys you just kind of want to hang out with because either he's going to have the wisdom of Buddha, or or you're just going to get really stoned and laugh <laughs> a lot. Um, really great energy. Uh, it was a really fun, easy energy. There's not a lot of heart of darkness going on in this interview. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's a cool guy with a cool story. He was working at Trader Joe's. Uh, before he became a stamp comic, which was like like five minutes ago, like he was at Trader Joe's. Yeah, and now he's recently fired. Now doing stand up full on. Full on, great guy. Um, one thing I want to talk about today is I got f- banned from Twitter, mm. and uh, I find this very fascinating that I got banned. And the reason I got banned from Twitter was because somebody posted about Michael Jackson. Okay, and I just couldn't resist to be a troll. Now, what did I, you say? I hate it when people troll on me, but when I do it, it's completely justified. <laughs> I'm making a political point. Um, I basically said, uh, I'm trying to think what I said. Um, I said that, uh, oh, it's a shame all these Holocaust survivors get to tell their one-sided stories without us getting to hear from the Nazi war criminals who abused them. Nope. And that was the idea that all these people on Twitter are saying that it's unfair for these alleged, I guess I'd say, victims of Michael Jackson coming out now that he's dead. Now that he's dead because he can't remember. And I just think that is a very crazy idea that yeah. you're not allowed to sort of have any personal litigation about someone after they died. Yeah. You know, Jimmy Seville was this sort of clown kids movie guy in England. Right. And after he died, they found out that he molested like 200 children. So you're not supposed to know that. Right. I mean, they had to remove statues and street signs. All I think it's good. I think it represents progress in humanity. The fact that we're able to sort of look back and go, okay, this guy was actually. Now, look, I don't know if Michael Jackson was a monster. I don't want to say that. But he was obviously sick, you know. And I think the fact that people who are super fans can't believe he's sick. It, it just. So anyway, I posted that. Um and I got attacked. I might as well have said the most. I might as well have said, you know what? Vegan food isn't tasty because it was that much backlash <laughs> I got. People, I mean, I didn't get death threats. It was just shy of death threats. But it was literally, I would say I probably got about 100 people. You got moonwalked on. Got moonwalked on. And I just, I sort of like regressed back to my MySpace days where I just went toe to toe with these people. Oh shit, you really hoping them. And so what happened was, and I was trying to be funny. I mean, I wish I could like look at some stuff I wrote um, because it's always a fine line between being funny and clever and witty and also being triggered and just wanting to murder people. (laughs) Um, You know, so some people they're like, "Eh, you don't know. And these are all nerds, right? Look at me. I'm t- I'm doing the same thing, but they're nerds, <laughs> not me. Oh god. 
So they're asking an internet flame war for real. You know, so yeah, I got to do a real. I'm trying to think what else I I talked about. I I got another one once I got reinstated, but um. Oh, you're back now. I'm back now, and then I made a comment about Tucker Carlson, and I said, "Hey, Tucker, there's got to be easier way, easier ways to let the world know you have a small penis." And once again, then it was the other side. It was like the Republicans coming at me like full heart. And this was the Michael Jackson supporters. I don't know where they lie it, politically. It's tough for you in this era because everything's so polarized and you kind of toe the line on both sides. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're just walking the tightrope fucking with everybody. I try to piss off the liberals and the conservatives in equal amounts. So I think what I wrote, um, yeah, I was just, I, I just was going off of these people and I said, uh, Oh, God, I wish I could remember what I said. But I basically just, uh, whatever. The point is, I, I would make comments, and these people would attack me. And then I sort of, I guess I got a little triggered, and I said, shut the fuck up, you dumb cunts. Okay. Okay. Is that not Twitter appropriate? I was I was removed from Twitter for, I guess it was 48 hours. And uh, I was, <laughs> you know, and, and, and it was weird. Because I, I, Dumb I, cunts is the line. Yeah, so I guess I guess cunts is now considered about it's this is another thing I want to talk about, the fact that like on podcasts which we're doing, which is free form, I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of people aren't being uh their feet aren't being held to the fire with what they talk about in podcasts. Right. But something that you tweet about ten years ago or twenty years ago. I think what the deal is is like no social justice warrior has the attention span to listen to like 40 hours of podcast but you can word search on twitter yes so you can find exact you, quickly you can narrow in on but the, media matters found this uh excerpt from tucker carlson talking about how women are i don't know what he said he said women are they should be servants and it's okay to bang children he, he, whatever wait, he said what <laughs> oh check it out tucker carlson what said the, the most fuck? ridiculous shit in the planet wait, when recently yeah it just came out today but anyway it was from a radio <laughs> it was with a radio interview with something like Uncle Lovey's <laughs> Bubby shot the Bubba Love Shack or Bubby Love Gump or some fucking yeah, yeah, stupid yeah. ass one of those morning zoo where they're doing whistles and wood kazoos and shit like that. Okay. Um, it was a shock shock radio station. He got on it and he said, women should know their place. They should just shut up. And I don't know. And that's why I said it's got to be easier ways to let people know you have a small penis. Anyway, uh, <laughs> for sure. But somebody was looked at. Hours and hours and hours, or listen to hours of audio of Tucker Carlson oh to find this. So, in other words, I'm fucked. Yeah. If yeah. anything ever big happens, because of just what I said in podcast, I don't even remember what I said with the Ricky Velez podcast because I was so stoned. So, anyway, so um, we are we deleting the whole podcast? Yeah, we have to delete the whole podcast. Anyway, uh, <laughs> you guys, that's enough of that. Um, if you have heard of anyone getting in trouble from a podcast, please let us know. We want to hear your feedback. Email. Tom at LaughFactory.com. Email Tom at LaughFactory.com. We have episodes every Monday and Thursday and sometimes on Sunday if you're nice. Thank you. Subscribe on iTunes or follow us on Spotify. <laughs> what, other, what other fucking ones yeah, called? Yeah, You know, where you get your podcast. But definitely on iTunes and write a nice review. Uh, if you write a great <laughs> review and you DM me, I'll get you free tickets to the Laugh Factory any night you want to go. All right, guys. Enjoy Craig Conan. Bye-bye. It's the after laugh, after laugh. Welcome to the after laugh, after laugh, after laugh. <laughs> after laugh, man. <laughs> Go ahead, pull up a chair. Craig Conan, Craig Brownson. Yes, sir. 
Say that Roland. into the mic. That's hilarious. <laughs> okay, I don't know you. <laughs> this is going to go well. Who the fuck are you? I was hanging out in the street outside, and I lost my mints. Hey, everyone. This is Bill Dawes, and welcome to the After Laugh. Um, I just went to the Laugh Factory, and I... Uh, I recognize this comic who's who's. Can I say you're blown up on the scene? Is that is that fair to say? I, uh, <laughs> I boy, I hope so. Craig, yeah. <laughs> Craig Conan, man, uh, good up? to have you here. I'm, it was really cool because I came with Craig. I was like, I was like, hey, did you go up yet? He's like, uh, yeah, I went up early. I goes, you want to do my podcast? He's like, uh, you have no idea who I am. <laughs> He's like, sure. And he starts following me. He goes, wait, isn't it in the club? I'm like, no, it's across the street. <laughs> I thought I was going to get murdered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, man. And you saw Tommy's a- sweet face. You're like, we're fine. <laughs> Bill looks like he used to be a boxer, and I definitely have not. Uh, uh, that's so funny. We were just talking about, like, jujitsu and shit. Uh, so, so Craig, so you, you are uh, a Laugh Factory guy. You, you perform everywhere. When did you first start working on Laugh? First of all, how did your set go tonight? It was good. It, it was, was good. It was a little light tonight. The audience, uh, you know, but uh, I, I opened up with a nice old joke about heroin right up top. What was that joke? <laughs> they needed it. <laughs> I. Uh, it's about Halloween and how you want to hear the bit? Or it's, yeah, yeah, It's yeah. a story. It's a story bit. I love story so bits. So I, I started watching the uh, Haunting of the Hill House on oh, Netflix. Oh, yeah, which has got really bad reviews. Does it? Because it scared the fuck out of me. <laughs> That's what I say on stage. I was like crying and farting at the same time. And it's probably the truth, too. <laughs> but uh, so I watched that shit and it made me remember a time when I lived in Lomita with a bunch of Mexicans. It was my family. I'm half Mexican. Uh-huh. But at, at, at that house, everybody had uh, that was haunted, you know, and everybody had a story about an encounter with a ghost. Oh, wow. And I remember when I lived there, I was a drug addict and I, I was laying in bed and something kept rubbing my my legs, and then uh, the the I, I was like, is that is that a is that a ghost <laughs> or is that heroin? You know. <laughs> and then uh, I I say like at that time I was like, oh, that's just drugs, you know. Yeah. But now that I'm watching this show and the haunting, and I'm yeah. like, dude, I got molested by a ghost. <laughs> That's a pretty like sweet ghost. He's just rubbing your leg. Though. <laughs> yeah. No, I go and then I go. I say more. I was like, that fool saw me doped up, and he uh, he fucking fondled my little white booty and uh, <laughs> rubbed me down, rubbed me down real good. And uh, I wasn't planning on opening up, but they were just so tight. They were tight. And you tired were like, or like, and I was like, all right, well you're getting this then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did heroin and shit right up top. Usually <laughs> I, I I I work that in you later. Work your way into the shit. Yeah, not this time. Yeah. So when that happens, when you have a crowd that you feel, do you feel? Because I was talking about this with someone earlier. Whenever I see a crowd and I'm like, I'm just going to be nice and maybe PG, and they look tight, it makes me want to do the most provocative, offensive stuff. Yes. What the fuck is that? I never understood that. I, I think it's just like I think that we do comedy because there's a part of us is like, look at me, look at me, look at me, pay attention. And the idea of someone not paying attention yeah. is worse than. Any anything else? I wish I had more crowd work as a tool. You know, like, <laughs> you don't do crowd work? Not really. I can't. Like, if it pops up and arises, I'm fine with it. Yeah. But to dive straight into it, I'm still not. I'm scared of it. Oh, really? Why do you think that is? You think I don't know because every time it pops up, it goes well, and I win. I've never died. <laughs> the heckler never killed me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- yeah. Yet. Yeah. You know. Have you had any really bad experiences where you're like? You, 
scared you off of crowd work a little bit where you're like something bad happened? I, uh, a couple incidents. One time this guy, I did every trick that I know. And, you know, I've watched and been doing it a little while. I know some tricks. I don't have all of them, but like I made fun of him and, and killed him with laughter, but he was so drunk. He kept coming at me. Uh. Then, uh, then I, you know, I was mean to him. Then I talked to him because he wouldn't <laughs> stop. Just, yeah. just kept yeah. coming with that. And they wouldn't police the room. It was a rowdy bar show. Oh, okay, yeah. And I been fucking, I mean, look at me. I was doing jokes about coke. I was killing with alcoholics and <laughs> drug addicts. But this one guy was just, I would say, like, a premise. He's like, I don't get it. I'm like, I'm not done, you dumb motherfucker. <laughs> and then I snapped because I was just about to get off stage, and I was, I was, I kept winning him over. I was battling and killing the stupid heckler. And then I was about to say my punchline and get off, yeah. and he fucking stopped it. And I just snapped, oh. and I jump off stage, and I took his hat and glasses, <laughs> and I got back on, and I was like, I'm going to shit in your hat. <laughs> and I was so upset that they thought I was kidding, but I was serious. It sounds like a kidding. Thing. And I went to the bathroom, and I tried to shit in his hat. <laughs> and I threw it in the toilet, and I couldn't shit, so I just pissed on it. And then I, I had to leave because I was going to fight this dude. I hated him so much. And you're sober at this time. I'm sober. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the producer texts me, and he's like, hey, uh, where's that guy's hat and glasses? <laughs> I was like, it's in the toilet. I had to get out of there. He's like, what? I was like, yeah, it's in the fucking toilet. I pissed all over it. He's like, oh, my God, you psycho. <laughs> and uh, I haven't been booked since. <laughs> <laughs> Where was this bar show? Oh, it's Casey's Irish Pub in downtown LA. Oh, I've heard of that. I've heard that's a tough place. Yeah, <laughs> I actually had a good sit, 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 other, other yeah, set considering all of that. How long have you been doing comedy? A uh, six years stand up, and I did improv prior. Okay, two years at improv at Second City. Oh, oh, do you feel that there's uh, like a disconnect between improv and stand up? Do you feel like they're two different like tools in your brain you have to work? Because absolutely. Yeah. And the and the and the and the people are different. Yeah, yeah. That so you improv prefer world. stand up? Oh improv? yeah. Yeah. So you've quit improv at this point? Yeah. Yeah. What made you kind of lose your boner for improv? I actually still love improv. It. I, the ironic thing is, I did improv first because I was scared of stand up. Sure. And I just wanted to be comfortable on stage, and there was the safety net of being with a team. And like, if I fail, you could pick me up. Yeah. Or we all fail together. And then the second uh, I was done with improv, I went to stand-up, and now I'm terrified of improv. But stand-up <laughs> is way more my home. It's just way more degenerates and and it's sober <laughs> so fuckers, the drug yeah, addicts, it, the crazy. The improv audience can be like a lot of hipsters. And Hipster, like. happy, too happy, but yeah. like fake happy. I want to achieve happiness, but it's like, yo, you're, you, you know, you got to... Just be real, motherfucker. Nobody smiles that much. Yeah, yeah. Know? So how did your how did your heroin stuff go tonight? It went good. It, it woke good. them up. They oh, it woke them up. So like, they oh shit. Needed, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And and at that point, like I have all these Trader Joe's jokes, but like, I would have been just been pandering and 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 not enjoyed it, and it wasn't. I wanted, you know, I wanted to do that, and and uh, yeah, you know, when you just want to say the joke, uh, the the. Yeah. The belief in your bit, no matter if it's gonna, you know. Yeah, if you, I think if you have like a really firm point of view, usually people, and you really believe it, people can see that. Yeah. If you fake your point of view, and like I'm really mad about the Whole Foods parking lot, 
and you don't you're not really mad about it people will yeah. be like shut up motherfucker yeah no, exactly you're not. they have the, they just know so i didn't want to do old tried and true bits yeah and just not have the same passion to say them as i do about my new heroin ghost molestation <laughs> <laughs> so so have you thought about going back to that house and looking and see if it's actually really haunted is it something that it's not on. And maybe it is. <laughs> I don't know. So what? It, so talk to me about the, the the drug stuff. This is obviously long before. What was your story? How did you kind of get started? And what was your interest in entertainment? Uh, I, uh, I I've always been a class clown, knucklehead, firecracker yeah. kid, yeah. pocket knives, BB guns, <laughs> fart bomb, stink bomb. You know, I was that kid. You suspended a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where did uh, you go? And where did you go to school? Torrance West High School. Okay. Is that very Mexican sort of? No, that's mis- upper middle class. Yeah. Uh, I said <laughs> that sounds so racist. <laughs> no, no, no. I am half Mexican, but uh, like Torrance is white and Asian, okay. and uh, but then you just go past Western, and then it's predominantly Hispanic. Yeah. So my dad's full white, my mom's full Mexican. So I would literally like you know house on the hill, and then we go to my uncle's house in the hood and they'd shoot guns in the air on 4th of July. So it was oh like, my God. it was, uh, I got both cultures. You got you both know? cultures. Yeah. They have bullet holes in the door and, and yeah, uh, my cousin's gangbang and shit. And oh then, really? Yeah. Did you ever feel like that was a world that you got sucked into? No, I was just a you stoner, just- druggy, <laughs> laughy kid. They were the robbing people <laughs> with guns and shooting holy you know. shit man yeah so you you start off you were a stoner in high school what what got what got you into the hard shit or when did that sort of happen uh you know it just kind of creeps in like the movies you know like somebody <laughs> has some and you're like oh i'll yeah, try I'll that it, yeah and you're like oh that makes you feel good and yeah. then you just like i'll try some more yeah <laughs> i'll try some more and then uh weekends turns into every day and then yeah sniffing coke and whacking it with your mom's face lotion in the middle of the day <laughs> wait, and hold on, wait, like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> i'm a nerd so whacking it with your mom's oh oh you're talking about masturbation now yeah yeah okay i thought that was like you cut it into the heroin somehow the face lotion okay so you're, you're doing you can jerk off on heroin i thought it was yeah you can jerk off on anything man <laughs> that's the line that's the title of the podcast you can jerk off on anything. it's harder though it's like a noodle and you're just constantly like i could do this and you're squeezing your forearm hurts your dick hurts and your face is red your dick looks like but if you're committed toys. <laughs> I'm not a quitter. Yeah. And uh yeah. So how long were you were you uh, in that kind of phase <laughs> the whacking with your mom's face lotion phase? Oh, about 5 years, maybe 7, I don't know, it's all a blur. Oh, wow. Yeah, so narcotics how did you, you creep in? Yeah, and how did you get yourself out of that? I bought a uh, case of 2 buck chuck from Trader Joe's. Uh-huh. I worked there for 11 years. I just was fired for farting on my manager and uh <laughs> I went to court today to uh, appeal my unemployment, but we'll get to that. What Whoa! Were we about? <laughs> oh, I bought a I bought a case of wine and an ounce of weed, and I went to my sister's house and I did it the ghetto, bootleg, no rehab, and that was to get off narcotics. But then I still drank uh-huh. and smoked. But you didn't feel like going back to narcotics after that. You felt like that's the thing. They, he got it. It's I shouldn't. I not everybody, but I have to be completely sober because yeah. I was like, oh, I'll just drink and have a couple beers. And yeah. it's like, bull fucking shit, dude. Yeah. Yeah. This part of your brain is like, fucking nope. get shit face. And then he has coke and you're like, oh, <laughs> it's been a whole week, <laughs> you know, and then you get weird. And 
Yeah. Start whacking it again, you know. <laughs> once you see your mom's face low, you're like, oh, I'm bad. I'm back Dude. in the hole. So so you went to the rehab. That didn't take. That was my, no, I never even went to rehab. Oh, I did didn't? my ghetto oh, bootleg, <laughs> bootleg case rehab. of wine, ounce of weed rehab. Oh, okay. That actually got did get me off Oxycontin and Norcos. It was pills, yeah. pills and Coke I was in love with. Yeah. And then I didn't do them forever. And, and then, uh, but then I drank and I drank and, uh, and then, like, I remember, like, a couple years went by, and my buddy Leo handed me some Norcos. Uh-huh. They're 1,000-milligram Vicodins. They're pretty strong. They yeah. Can, you know, when your wisdom teeth pulled. Yeah. It goes, are you familiar with drugs? Like, Vicodin, 500, yeah, sure. 750, then the then the thousands. Thousand, yeah. Those are Norcos. And then you get to Oxys, and that's where. That's where, where the fun starts. Hard. That's where the face lotion comes <laughs> Were you comes doing out. comedy during this period no. where there was so much drugs? I mean, at the bars in front of no one <laughs> and nobody knew. So you were starting, but it wasn't serious yet. No, I, w- I, d- I didn't. I never actually grabbed a mic at this point. I cool. just was an insane. Fu- I was doing comedy in the sense that I was an adrenaline junkie that would do anything jackass or, or drug or laugh yeah. or say or scream. To get a rise or a laugh out of any social situation, but no, I was not doing it in any uh, formal traditional sense with the microphone and a speaker. Yeah. So, what was the moment where that that happened, where you finally got on stage? I was in jail and uh, for a uh, firecracker uh, <laughs> related incident, incident with the police <laughs> on the horses. So, what was that? What happened there? I threw firecrackers at police on horses. <laughs> 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 I'm assuming you were on all sorts of different uh, drugs. Just some right? alcohol, cocaine, and weed. Oh, that's it. Okay. And w- yeah. And so the cops were like, they got me. <laughs> Did you run? Did they chase <laughs> yeah, you? Yeah, I ran <laughs> from horses. Yeah, <laughs> they were too fast. And so you were in jail for how long? <laughs> <laughs> I get bailed out. My mama loves me, so I only was in there maybe six, eight hours, however long the uh, took to process me out. But uh. I was just in jail, and and then uh, I, I, so I worked at Trader Joe's, and my buddy Brian Granger, he's a funny comic, he moved to South Carolina or North Carolina, one of them, I don't remember, but uh, he was bugging me as we were coworkers at Trader Joe's. He's like, dude, you're funny, you got to go do stand up, and I was like, I always wanted to, you know, I always had, I, I was always a class clown and waited, you know, to make the class laugh, yeah, and just that that fucker, and. Uh, teachers loved me you know <laughs> and then uh, he was bugging me for a minute like a year or something and i was like yeah i'll do an open mic with you yeah i'll do it and, and you'd seen him perform and stuff and you never in my life yeah and then uh he just at trader joe's i'd crazy antics to the customers you know yeah i was on viking and weeding out all everything so i was i was extra crazy at work <laughs> you know and then uh then I got arrested and I was in jail and I was drugged out, a loser, lived at home with my mother. How old were you at this point? I was like 25 or 26. Yeah. I was just a loser and, uh, you know, just no future. Trader Joe's, uh, not that it's a bad job, but I just mean like no outlet whatsoever. Yeah. Just drugs, drugs and Trader Joe's. Stand up and Trader Joe's is much better combination. Yeah. <laughs> so then I was like, all right, Brian, I got bailed out, sold the rest of my stash. I I bought like 755 pounds of firework that year. <laughs> I was selling them. Anyways, got rid of that to my cousin, and then uh, and then I went to do an open mic with him. I bombed, but I got where one was it? Chuckle Bliss Art House Cafe. Okay. And uh, and then I uh, I went to a stand up class and did one performance, 
and I, I actually did really well, but I still was so terrified that then I went to Second City. Okay. So when you did the class, how, who taught the class? Greg Dean. Greg Dean. And it was like a month or like a week? Or uh, I don't remember. I think two months or something. Two months. So you did really well, yeah. but it, it terrified you. Yeah. And then you were like, I got to do improv instead. Yeah, because I just knew I wanted to be in the comedy universe. Yeah. As stand-up was definitely what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. but I was too scared. I was too thin-skinned. Yeah. The second city is hard to get into, right? I mean, you have to audition for it? Not in Hollywood. It depends. Like, to be conservatory, uh, uh, you, whatever, I forget what it's called now. It's been so long, but like uh, on their Herald team or their alumni team, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's extremely hard to get into. But anybody can take classes Yeah, uh, from beginners level. And when yeah. I started... There was uh, it changed now. I believe it's for all, but there was for experienced actors uh, yeah. and for brand new new booties. Yeah, and I had never done anything in my life. Yeah, and I just was a cheap motherfucker, and I wanted my money's worth. I knew the actors class would be harder. It would be hard. Yeah. So I said I'm an actor, <laughs> and then I went in there, and they're just like, "What is this kid?" Because <laughs> I was so green, dude. I had yeah. two performances under my belt. But you probably you were probably very uninhibited though, right? Yeah, I would either uh, murder it, hit a home run out of the park, or nobody <laughs> wanted to work with me. It was bad. It was I had two, two gears. It was die a slow, miserable death, or home run. There was nothing. There was no gray area. I was just the yeah. unknown. I didn't know what the fuck I you, was. You doing. were like the guy in Bull Dorm, who's the actor. He was like either it was like a strike or it was like hit someone in the audience uh, in the crowd. I'm not yeah. even kidding you. Yeah, it was to the point. To where most people in my class didn't want to work with me because I was the unknown variable. <laughs> but the real seasoned vets, the good motherfuckers at yeah. it, loved me because yeah. they could just lob me up softballs and they would handle me and take care of me. Yeah. But if you didn't know how to do that, yeah. I was just this wild card that hit it or fell on his <laughs> face. And how long did you do that for? Uh, improv, like two and a half, maybe three years. Yeah. It took a minute because I did Second City, then I went a little iOS and a little UCB. Uh-huh. And then finally I ran into my buddy Grant Lyon. You know Grant Lyon? Mm-mm. He's a great comic. And we did, I was at UCB, and he he was a stand-up doing improv, and I was an improv that wanted, was a stand-up at heart. And then he basically is like, yeah, you just got to stop being a little bitch and go do it. <laughs> what are you doing? He's like, you're funny. He's like, go grab a mic. Any, every, anywhere, everywhere, all the time. Yeah. Anywhere. And yeah. I was like, okay. And then I did, and I thank him still to this day because I listen. Yeah. It's weird how someone can just tell you something you already know. Yeah. And then you just go, you're right, and you're right. then you do it. Yeah. Yeah, and so, so you he helped me. So you're doing the open mics for, and you're working Trader Joe's this, at this Yeah, point. this whole time. I was fired two months ago. Oh, two wow. Two and a half. It was very new. It's very new comic life I have here. Yeah, yeah. No so you've been job. doing stand-up for how long? Uh, stand-up, uh, since I first touched the mic, or... Well, seriously, since, seriously, about six years. Okay. First time I touched the mic was maybe eight years ago. Yeah, yeah. I don't really count the first two years because I touched the mic like four times. You know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and w- so your process for writing material? Do you do you kind of go up there? Do you write jokes meticulously, or are you like stream of consciousness and just like your personality? Uh, stream of consciousness, uh, life inspired. I don't really do anything topical at all. Yeah. Yeah. And at this point, you became sober, or when did you become sober? I became sober at 29. Yeah. What uh, was the moment that, that precipitated that, where you're like, I got to get fucking sober now? Um, 
Because everyone I, has some story usually. Oh God! Come on, you can say <laughs> it. We have a fire pit here. It's, I, just uh, us. it's a nice warm fire, Bill. <laughs> 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 I uh, I guess I uh, I was I was on mushrooms, Molly, uh, coke and weed and alcohol, and it was uh, I tried to hook up with my cousin <laughs> on uh, on my birthday. Yeah, at my birthday party, <laughs> but uh. Like nothing happened. My sisters there put a stop to it, but like that was one thing. And then, uh, and then I, I guess I let some gay dude rub my backside down. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm not gay, so that's yeah. You know that was that was weird. I wouldn't mind a gay guy rubbing my backside. Yeah, down. Yeah, but in like a, a, I was being molested. Oh, okay. You know, because yeah. well, I didn't like. You know when people tell you shit you did fucked up? Yeah. And it's just like the movie The Hangover, and it flashes. <laughs> you're like, oh, oh no, shit. That did happen. Yeah. So my sister told me this uh, gay dude went to, he was in our circle. He's friends. We yeah. were, we were all there together. But he went to rub me down, and I was like, what are you doing? Get off me. And I was on Molly, and he's like, no, no, it'll feel good. I was like, all right. <laughs> and then he just did. And I was like, yeah, wow, you're right, man. <laughs> this is nice. <laughs> So I was getting groped up, <laughs> and then I uh, I fell on my head. I tried to fight some guy. Dance with my sister, and they were they were just they were just having fun. It wasn't yeah. like no bump and grind R. Kelly shit. They're just just having a good time. And I push them, and they're like, "What's wrong with you?" And I'm like, "Everything, you know." And uh, <laughs> and then I woke up butt ass naked, covered in olive oil in my apartment. And the last thing I remember, I was uh, I lubed myself up and just had my apartment door open to an empty hallway and was just fucking whacking it just hoping somebody would come by and fuck me and then i woke up the next day i was like i think i need to get sober yeah and that was after being arrested three times raided by the police knocked yeah. out face stomped choked out kicked yeah. out of houses yeah be, di- disowned by friend circles like mm-hmm. my childhood friends are like yeah we can't handle you anymore like not being allowed into houses that I would go into my entire life, you know, yeah. like, you're not welcome here anymore. And it was me that did it. And, that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And so the process of getting sober was that um, did you go to AA? Was it part of the I community? did. Yeah. Yeah. You showed up at a meeting by yourself. Just no, like a friend took me. They kind of okay. everything. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up. It, it's just so weird that it, it all. Everything comes into your life at the right time because yeah. I just started therapy pro bono through a lady I helped at Trader Joe's. Oh, wow. And uh, she's like, if I'm doing your pro bono, you got to get sobered. I'm not going to fucking do you for free and have you not progress. And yeah. She's like, drugs and alcohol are ruining your life. So then that lady's saying that. Then I started stand-up, which is kind of helped filling the void. Yeah. And I started dodgeball. That sounds silly, but I love dodgeball so much, and that helped fill the void. It yeah. Is, it is, like, my new drug. And then this one lady was said, like, come with me to AA. And then it just literally was all within 30 days, like, boom, 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 boom. Yeah. And then, uh, and then it all just clicked, and I went to AA quite a bit for, like, the first maybe four to six months or some shit. Mm-hmm. I kind of fell off and don't go at all anymore, but I I, uh, I need to and want to. I don't know what's wrong with me. I got to get back into it. But do you feel, because there's some people I know, I, I know a lot, I mean, in this business, you know, a lot of alcoholics, and some people, they get the tools they need to get, and they feel like they don't need it, and there's some people who they need a meeting yeah. every once in a while. So what is stopping you from going to meetings? Is it just kind of... Nothing. Uh, I always had the excuse of 
Trader Joe's and now I don't have that anymore. So I really should go. Yeah, because I was like, I work full time. I do stand up full time. I got, I got, I, I fucking need dodgeball. I got to play two, three times a week or I'm like angry. Yeah. And then my family and my girl and, you know, I got, it's like, ah, it's like, so that was first to go. It's like, I don't, I don't want to do that. I got 12 other things I want to do and or need to do. Yeah. But now with no day job, uh, I should go. Absolutely. I think I'm going to start again. Yeah. So it's just kind of like a tune up on your soul, really. Yeah, so yeah, of course. So what was the process of you um becoming a full time comic and becoming a professional comic going from the I open got mics? fired. <laughs> but but how did you how did you get like for example, you just did it Friday night at the Laugh Factory, one of the most coveted spots in America. Yeah, that's true. Uh well I guess it, it my it was once again everything just kinda came together. Uh like my career started to bubble and had I been fired last year. I would have been like, oh, no, oh, shit, yeah. I got nothing. But, um, like, people hook me up. You know, Chris D'Elia lets me open for him. Bobby Lee lets yeah. me open for him. Michael Yo. I'm a lot of guys sometimes guy. Like, yeah. I'm not their go-to guy. I don't go all the time, but they all take me, so they started taking me. Then I started headlining, like, little shit clubs and gigs and bar shows, but paying, you know, yeah. two, three, four, five hundred $500, you know, something that you could actually not – 12 bucks you know yeah and then uh laugh factory passed me and started posting my stand-up and booking me and they helped me out a ton yeah and and it just and then uh and then i got fired so it was like a yeah perfect like all the the uh building blocks were there and then uh and then now i'm selling (laughs) (laughs) t-shirts what do your t-shirts say what's your merch it's uh, my face, and it says, I did too much, man. <laughs> <laughs> and that's in one of my jokes. It's one of the punchlines. Oh, uh, that's great. So what uh, What got you fired from Trader Joe's? Uh, I what, what I say on stage and what I cherry-picked was I farted on my manager and <laughs> filmed it and put it on Instagram, which is true, <laughs> uh, 100%. But it was my entire social media presence as a whole. That's yeah. just my favorite, most funniest one that I enjoy. Yeah. But, I mean, I you, I would shake customer sodas and film it while I was selling it to them. <laughs> I would ride a scooter in the store, uh, yeah. you know, electric one. And I just, I was insane. I was so insane. Do you think at this point, uh, because stamp was starting to take off, you, you kind of wanted to be fired? You were yeah. looking for a way out? Yeah. Yeah. When they brought me out to talk to me, they said, what were you doing on social media? And in my head, I was like, motherfucker, you guys watch this shit. But I knew <laughs> they were just corporate came down on them to get rid of me. And they had to do what they had to do. I have no ill will towards any of my managers. The manager that fired me literally went to my show on a fucking Saturday, took me outside Tuesday and fired me Thursday. <laughs> like he's a fan. He's the, he's yeah. awesome. I love him. Yeah. And th- wait, what was the question? I forgot. We're just talking about the progression into your professional stand-up career, and like, what got you past the Laugh Factory? I know you said like Chris Lee and Bobby Lee. How did you get in with Chris Lee and Bobby Lee? Just hang out, and I'm at the comedy store. Everywhere, all the time. Yeah, comedy store. uh, Just hanging out all the time and performing, and then they get a chance to see you, and then they're like, "Oh, he is funny." Yeah, you know, I'm not no longer just. This stranger leaning against the wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, he's got jokes. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind yeah. of, a, it's probably a relief for them, you know, 
for sure yeah. for all of us because you're like i don't know this and then you see him like oh he kills yeah Thank that's God. good that's good that's good so originally you were friends with them first just kind of hanging out and they hadn't seen you and then they saw you're like okay cool yeah yeah and then it's it's just really just standing like how i started open for bobby i was standing on the comedy store patio uh-huh. and he goes you're opening for me in irvine and i was like <laughs> sweet <laughs> that's it i was standing there yeah and uh yeah hang out if you ain't famous or established or whatever the fuck hang out because yeah. out of sight is out of mind yeah and how'd you get into the laugh factory uh, Mark Hayes, my Irish buddy, Friday oh, night yeah. show. Yeah, he booked me, and then it was, uh, it was just, a, it was a perfect night. I was five years sober that day, actually. Wow, that it was my five year anniversary. I was on the show, sold out, and the lineup went: Ron White, Chris D'Elia, me. Wow, sold out, and of course Ron and Chris killed, and then it was me. Were you scared? I mean, a lot I of was more nervous. nervous than I had been in a long time. Yeah. Because Jamie was watching, and uh-huh. I was like, "Well, this is this is make or break." And I just said, "I, you know, I know the little some little tricks." I just said, "What's up? They're famous. I work at Trader Joe's," <laughs> and then they they got a big laugh, and then I had them, and yeah, then I, and I did very well. And then Jamie shook my hand and said, "You're past. Uh, here's my number, email. Put in your avails." Wow! And when was this? Shit, like two months ago. Wow, man, that's really awesome! And you already like you, you you have clips on on Instagram that are doing really really well. Yeah, dude, they get uh, they get me followers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's nice. And, and do you uh, you still headline around the country as well? Not so much. Just I uh, I will. Anybody listening? Hey, <laughs> I started reaching out. This is all new territory for me. Yeah, I'm just you know. I've uh, been featuring Maisley, mainly yeah. Maisley. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, yeah, but I started reaching out to like you know to d- headline on like Tuesday or Wednesdays, uh-huh. or maybe like a B club uh, the whole weekend. And uh, so you just find the the manager's email, or you call yeah, the club up and just, just call call. call the cl- just internet on my own. Yeah, I have no reps. I got. I just am funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they see your they see your clips, and then they'll headline you. Yeah, but nobody has yet. Uh, on the road, road like I've done like San Diego and Arizona yeah. and little one nighters, but I still have yet to headline a fucking club. Okay. Uh, but uh, this is funny. So a club reached out to me in San Antonio, like, "Hey, we're a new club. What's your rate?" And I asked some buddies <laughs> what a what a decent normal rate is. Yeah. So I don't jip myself. Yeah. And then I sent them that. And then they never responded. <laughs> <laughs> Who you ask, like Eric Griffin or something? Like, <laughs> no. And then I, t- I told that story. Like, How much you ask for? Like friends and I go, you know, a thousand for one night and fifteen hundred for two. Yeah, but that's across the country. You know. They, yeah, you have to pay for your own transportation. Yeah, you got a hotel yeah. flight. It's not that crazy. And then they all say that's not the that that's normal. It's like fuck them if they can't. Mm. Like, what are you gonna do? Lose money or break yeah. even? Yeah. It's like I'm fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I uh. uh yeah, just trying. Now, are you also interested in acting? Are you one of the comics who's kind of like, is that a, a dream of yours? I absolutely will act. I yeah. don't really know how to act uh, anything but but yourself. But character. that could be. But that character could be very uh, weird. Neighbor number one, right here, baby. I don't give a fuck. Look, <laughs> Tiffany Haddish was always Tiffany Haddish. She didn't, you know. Yeah. You know. So, uh, and have you done uh, other TV stuff, or is there anything 
come up for you with the with the stand up that's yeah possessed? i've done uh, a couple mtv things what uh, mtv things i did the first thing what was pre-comedy but the dating show next oh yeah uh-huh. and then i did their show the greatest party story ever told where they they you tell a story yeah it's kind of like this is not anthony yeah, exactly. but mtv and then they the, you tell the story and then they animate it into a cartoon okay so i did that and i've done a bunch of commercials and shit yeah microsoft alzheimer's commercial uh a microsoft alzheimer's commercial. oh sorry i didn't spread that out <laughs> microsoft <laughs> bean commercial and alzheimer's commercial I, uh, and you got that without rep- representation phoenix uh the online college oh commercial? Phoenix, phoenix university so i do ha- i actually i have a commercial agent and that's all i have but okay. i do not have theatrical a manager or a booking agent or any of that stuff yeah well it seems like you're at a place now where if you wanted to pursue getting a manager it wouldn't be everybody keeps telling me the same thing yeah. they'll approach you they'll approach you yeah and you're like when motherfuckers fucking win dude <laughs> when i'm on the laugh factory youtube motherfucker <laughs> yeah i'm on the instagram even better uh yeah because i asked once i don't like to ask for favors who does you know i've feel like they're very limited i want to save them for when i really need them yeah and then i uh, i asked the headliner like hey can you help me get a manager you know and they're like they'll contact you i'm like oh god <laughs> thanks dude <laughs> <laughs> fucking one word out of your mouth goes a <laughs> long way yeah i don't think people sometimes people don't really realize that yeah yeah well, and me asking they're like get the fuck out of here you <laughs> dirty hippie yeah. him asking oh yeah i'll check him out <laughs> it's like i i mean I truly don't care because every, t- it's just it'll happen when it happens. One, one thing you learn from being sober and 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 making as many mistakes as I have, yeah. is you just come to terms. It's like, if it's meant to be. It's meant to be. Yeah, you know, it'll happen when it's happened. Maybe if I he got me that guy, it was too premature. I wasn't ready yet, and I blew some opportunities. Yeah, and you hear stories about that. People you who know, like come out right away, really hot and heavy, and then they have a big opportunity. They're like not quite there yet. Yeah. And sets them back. So I'm fine. I'm fine with that. I, you know, of course, I'm, I think like sometimes like, come on. But like in reality, I know how this shit works. And uh, yeah, if you, what I just looked up, I'm like, what if we weren't recording this whole time? <laughs> 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 you know, it's true. You just gotta wait. You know, you gotta get in line. There's a lot of motherfuckers in line. Yeah, for sure. Do you feel an obligation as a as a sober comic to kind of speak to to that truth and to help other people? Is it something that you think about as, as and not in terms of like your stand up, like you, you got to teach people or educate people? But do you feel that I know that there are a lot of comics who are sober who also they speak a lot of AA and they and they travel around the country and they speak to groups of AA and kids who are in trouble and stuff like that. Is that part of something that you're interested oh, in? Oh yeah, absolutely. I do it. I do rehab shows all the time. Oh really? And I and I I call it the rehab racket. And I yeah. And I I've done, I had 50, 60, 70 rehab shows. Oh, and what I've does that done, entail? You you, we go to uh, anywhere really. Like if if there's a, uh, just like a, uh, we'll go to in-house rehab centers where there it's you know they live there. Yeah, we'll go to treatment houses in Huntington Beach uh-huh. with six people in a living room to uh, a cafeteria with 250 people. Yeah, to a hospital where they're detoxing. Those suck. Yeah, <laughs> they, they're literally. Uh, I say this joke all the time, but it's true. I, I like I've literally done it to this 
lady kicking heroin drooling chocolate on her belly and just like a <laughs> and i was about to like riff with her and i went like ah yeah maybe yeah n- not today you know i'll leave you alone on this one yeah and then uh i don't really go to that one anymore but i do <laughs> all the rest <laughs> but yeah i've always wanted to uh show motherfuckers and inspire because I know how I felt when I was in the dark place. Sure. I lived in Lomita with my mom, my grandma, my cousin in and out of prison that my mom would just take in because she's nice. And I'm like, he's a tweaker. He's going to get a shot up. You can't do anyways. But living mom, grandma, cousin with cousin in her belly and, and the baby and then prison cousin and then uncle, you know, and I had bunk beds. 25 years old drug addict literally getting i'm not kidding that's my mom was like you used all my face lotion again (laughs) that's not a joke that happened yeah and i was just like i'm a fucking loser and i was suicidal and i didn't want to live and i just was fucking drinking morphine and oxycontin cocaine whatever you know just eat it sniff it smoke it and then I, i i want to tell motherfuckers that you can do that and come out yeah. And still have a life. Yeah. And not be miserable and still do what the fuck you want to do. Yeah. And got to do. And then and and uh, just not live that low vibration yeah. of depression and shit. And just like I just think back at that time, I was just like pale and I had I was I, I was heavier, you know. Like, how are you going to be? Everyone asks, like, how are you? How are you 30 pounds heavier on Coke? I was like, motherfuckers, you're depressed. You're depressed. And yeah. you eat biscuits every day. <laughs> you know, you eat comfort food and you don't exercise. That's how. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, just like just head down and just like it was everything was always everybody else. Yeah. Oh, fuck Bill. Fuck Tommy. They yeah. did this to yeah, me. Yeah, for sure. They did. No, it's you. Mm-hmm. It's you. Once I burnt every bridge with every person and got kicked out of ha- my home, Yeah. I was like, oh, it's me. Yeah. It's me. Yeah. It's 100% you. Sure, there's some assholes, you know. Fucking walk away. Yeah, you don't need them. Bye. He's an asshole. She's an asshole. They ruin your life. Go away. To go that way. Say bye. I'm done with you. Block out of yeah. your life. Yeah. But when you're an addict and the drama queen or king or whatever, you just go, I'm gonna change them. No, no. <laughs> you're you need the changing. Move on. Yeah. Turn around. Run so, the other way. And so right now things are going things are going really well for you, right? Like, better than it's ever been in my better life. Better than <laughs> your better your life. <laughs> you're sober. <laughs> I was sober. You, I got spots. I you got don't a, you have got a, a girlfriend. You got a hot girlfriend. Now is your is your hot booty. girlfriend with a big booty? <laughs> did you find that on the stand up scene? Because a lot of times you find hot girls with big booties on the stand up scene. Or was this yes. something pre stand up? What do you think this is? <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think I think did? Think it at Trader Joe's, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Think I was stocking peaches. So how that happen? You did you did a show. You got off stage. She was like, "You're funny." Yeah, she uh, messaged me. I. She and slid into your DMs? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then I said, let's hang out. And then we met at the comedy store, and uh-huh. we got food. Yeah. And then uh, and then we've been seeing each other ever since, yeah. Oh, and she comes to a lot of shows? Yeah, only the good ones. I've taken her to some shitty ones. I'm <laughs> like, oh, man, why'd I do that? <laughs> 
Do you yeah. feel when you're uh, when you're performing for her? Do you feel like I gotta do different material because she's watching me again? Uh, sometimes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I. Uh, but she's seen me so many times and do all sorts of different things. I'm not too much. You know, I don't need to like. Oh, let me show you this muscle. Yeah, 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 Like yeah. it's it's. Uh, and does she help you with your material and say like, hey, this you know work on jokes and? Uh, not really, but uh, maybe in the sense of just uh her being like i liked it when you did this yeah. better, you know so yeah i guess kind of yeah because she's seen it so much but do you talk about her in your act at all not really a little bit yeah if anything were to happen to where i go that's stage worthy i, w- I would in a heartbeat yeah but i just uh yeah i don't know not nothing has came about yet uh, well we were talking with a couple about that uh and i was like if you ha- want to say sh- shit about your uh, boyfriend, are you free to do it? And she said, yeah, I said on stage, I said, uh, yeah, uh, I'm, me and my boyfriend are trying to get pregnant. He doesn't know it yet. And that was the first time he'd heard that when she said that on stage. So I was, because I know I had a girlfriend, I would say, I'd say Heather? material. Huh? Heather? No, this is a, uh, um, Jesus Christ, why am I blanking on my fucking name? Sarah, holy shit. Heather Pasternak. No, it wasn't Heather Pasternak. Oh, I don't no. know who that is. Sarah Halstead. She's a comedy store person. Okay. Anyway, so, uh, but I always, I always fascinated by that because if you have a relationship, like, can you shit on your your partner? Absolutely. <laughs> They're cold. Yeah. Uh, the second anything pops up, I can't wait. I just <laughs> haven't wait. really organically <laughs> happened. And what do you see yourself in five years from now? Like, what is? Do you have a? Do you have goals? Like specific things that you want to do? Like goals, like this is where I see myself in five years if, if everything's going the way I want it to. I just want to be working and yeah. uh, uh, headline. I want to do the road. Yeah, I would love a career like Bobby Lee, like in shit and on the road all the yeah. time, or some of the time, not all of the time, but yeah. And so in the meantime, you're you're featuring for Delia and Bobby Lee yeah. and anyone else? Uh, Michael Yo, yeah, and uh, good people. Eddie Ift. Uh-huh. And uh, that's it, really. And now, do you think that uh, you're going to write your story down and try to pitch it as a as a screenplay or a, <laughs> a sitcom? I mean... I mean, I don't want to write it, but anybody <laughs> listening, you can write it. It's a pretty good story, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean... Uh, Probably pretty common, actually, in stand-up. Oh, you were a drug addict? You got arrested? No, actually, I, I don't think, you know, I, I've interviewed a lot of people, and you definitely have a very, uh, your story is very intense. You have a very good sense of humor about it, too. Not very many people have the firecracker horses part. Yes. Because you're fucking pussy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and most of them weren't jerking off with their mom's face lotion, either. <laughs> Dude. I got kicked out of a party for whacking it in the bathroom <laughs> with the face lotion. It's always the face lotion because that's the one that's out, you know? I've never tried it with face, but I think I might now. I, I'm a coconut oil fan myself, but face lotion. <laughs> oil of Olay, baby. As a matter yeah. of fact, Trader Joe's coconut oil. <laughs> yeah. Organic, raw, $5.99. <laughs> I know all the prices, dude. Yeah. Well, is there anything that you uh, you want to plug coming up or anything you have, uh, like maybe social media? or? Yeah, just check me out on Instagram, and you could find anything and everything yeah. on there. Craig P. Conant. And, uh, Do you sell your merch online, too? Yeah, on my Instagram. Oh. Bootleg-style Venmo <laughs> and my DM. Yeah. Yeah, yeah dude. Uh, yeah, buy my shirt. And if people want to see you perform, where can they see you? 
I'm at the Laugh Factory and Comedy Store Improv pretty regularly. Okay, cool. And uh, yeah, just check me check out my Instagram. I post almost all shows there. Yeah. One last question. Do you have any? Uh, I imagine because of your personality, your style, you must have some at least one really good heckling story or one story of a show that just went really crazy. Do you have any story where you dealt with a heckler or something bad happened? Wait, I forgot. Well, the put the I went in the shit in that guy's hat. Okay, that's pretty bad. Oh, yeah, that's pretty. That yeah, was, that that's was the <laughs> ultimate heckler story that we did here. But I remember when I was telling that story, I was like, I had another one, and I don't remember what it was. Oh fuck. I remember my dad heckled me once. That's I was bombing, hilarious. and he said, "Say something funny, son." <laughs> and oh Jesus, this is. But uh, I got one more after this. Yeah, that's what he said. Say something funny, son. And uh, and I go, I was like, what do you think I'm doing? You know, like, it, but then it, it actually salvaged my set. Yeah. And they started laughing. Finally. <laughs> yeah. And they knew it was your dad? Yeah. <laughs> so I bomb uh, this one. I never bomb so bad in my entire life. It was at the Delano uh, Aviator Casino. Uh-huh. Oh, this is terrible. And, and. There should not be a comedy show there. So it's a functioning, running casino. <laughs> there's a stage. Then there's a 25-foot gap to the audience. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's terrible. And that gap is the walkway pathway to the bathroom <laughs> from the gambling area. So people are walking. <laughs> Who are not connected to the show at no, all. Yeah. not at all. Then you're performing to a, a cafeteria-style seating area. <sighs> Yeah, where there's probably 200 people, uh-huh. of which maybe 30 to 50 are there for comedy. Uh-huh. So, no, they're all talking. Behind that is then a bar with sports bar, gambling, gambling alcoholics, yeah. uh, drinking, loud talking, with TVs on, volume up. <laughs> and then behind the stage in this corner is a functioning restaurant with people taking orders and <laughs> clinking. It was the worst circumstances I've ever been in. Um, I'm maybe two years in. I do not have the skills for that. I'm supposed to do Who 30 does? minutes. Oh, my God. I don't believe I've ever done 30 minutes <laughs> in my career at that point. And uh, I was with Eric Myers. Oh, yeah. And then uh, and uh, the host. Fuck, I forgot his name. But he, the host does 30. I do 30. Eric does an hour. They're real, like, it's got to be a two-hour show. They're like, yeah. have hell. Why? <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> Anyways, they're like, do two hours, you're not getting paid. Like I'm, like, like, wow. that, like it was like that. Yeah. And then Vince Roy- Royale, that's who it was. So Vince yeah. is hosting, and he gets up there, and he's bombing. And me and Eric are making fun of him. Like, he's bombing. <laughs> and it's like, Jesus, he had the best set of the night. <laughs> <laughs> I then get up there, and I'm dying the worst death. Not, no laughs, no nothing. And somebody heckles, and they go, why don't you like uh try being funny or yeah. or they said uh they said some I think what was the exact words cuz my response was the funniest saddest thing <laughs> Oh I think uh he said why don't you try being funny and I would just put my head down and I go I am <laughs> I am trying or something like that Yeah yeah and Eric said he just saw the sword just go through my heart <laughs> just like <laughs> He said, well, yeah, I think it was that. Like, one, 
that's you get what I'm trying to say. But yeah. I was just like, I am trying. <laughs> I am about to cry on stage. I did my fucking thirty though. You did your thirty. You got that through helped it. me get strong though, because yeah. I was like, if I could do thirty in that, where I literally wanted to cry, <laughs> I could do thirty anywhere. anywhere. Yeah. And then Eric gets up there. He's supposed to do an hour, uh-huh. and he's bombing, and he does. He's already a fast talker. Oh, he, yeah. It, it was like his set, and he hit fast forward on it. <laughs> so a half hour, and he's done. <laughs> he was done. Gets off stage. The producer, uh, Booker guy, was like, hey, what's going on? And, like, tries to do more time to make it the full two hours. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? Because I guess the casino oh, yeah, owner manager wants two hours. I yeah, pay bus money. Oh, I want God. two hours. Though they didn't know, nobody wants it. <laughs> we almost left without getting paid. We just – because – then that guy had to go talk to the manager and explain why the show w- w- ran short and yeah. like, get our money. And we were so embarrassed, like hiding from people, <laughs> waiting to get paid. And Eric was like, let's just get out of here. And I was almost like, yeah, but I was like, no, I, I need, need money. my fucking money. Yeah. And then we got paid and we got the fuck out of there. <laughs> oh, those, those, that's the metal that makes you strong, <sighs> you know? It was, though. Yeah. Because I needed that. I had not had that. Yeah. A dirty 30. Oh yeah, I think that's the thing that separates, like, real comics from well, I'm a comic. Yeah, you need those sets to be like, because after that, there's a moment of like, am I going to keep fucking doing this and set myself yeah. up for that type of experience? And then uh, I, I just basically when I started getting booked, I was like, I'm gonna start asking more questions. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of environment is this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey man, it's really great to meet you, Craig. So much. Thanks for coming out. Yeah, thanks uh, for having me. You're man. really interesting, really funny guy. And uh, it's awesome to meet you, man. Nice to meet you, and too. And Bill Dawes signing off from the After Laugh. It's the After Laugh, After Laugh. Welcome to the After Laugh, After Laugh, After Laugh. <laughs> after Laugh, man. <laughs> Go ahead, pull up a chair. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>